service. Badlands listeners, are you here? Are you with me? Are you too tired to go to bed? Too riled up to stay home? I know I am. This is another podcast that comes after the podcast. Welcome to Badlands, the rap party. Welcome to the Badlands bonus episode, another thing we like to call the rap party. And just like that other show, this is a show that comes after the show, a voyage from one episode of Badlands to the other, the back lot breakdown of sorts. On this episode, we're talking about Sigourney Weaver, Steve McQueen, telemarketers, plus my recommendations in your movie-focused voicemails, text, DMs, and more. Badlands listeners, let's get into it. Greetings, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the rap party. Let's dive right into Sigourney Weaver. You know Sigourney Weaver probably as the badass Ellen Ripley from the Alien franchise, most notably Alien, the 1979 Ridley Scott movie, and Aliens, plural, the sequel, the 86 James Cameron sequel, or maybe as an equally badass Dana Barrett from Ghostbusters. And in those movies, Sigourney Weaver famously battled fictional beasts and demons, But uh, this is where it gets weird. To one particular inmate on death row in Georgia, Sigourney Weaver battled actual beasts and demons in real life as well, if that makes any sense. To Alexander Williams, a convicted murderer, Sigourney Weaver was a goddess, a divine being sent to Earth to do battle with evil. He worshipped her from the floor of his prison cell, and as his day of reckoning grew closer, he waited for signs that his goddess would send him in hopes that his fate would be altered. I make none of this up. It's all true. I shit you not. Uh, This is the episode of Badlands on Sigourney Weaver, and it is fucked up, and it might be my favorite Badlands episodes yet. It's unlike any other that we've done. Sigourney Weaver has never committed a crime. She's not really, at least that I'm aware of, she hasn't. She's she's hasn't had any real crimes perpetuated against her, again, that I'm aware of. There's no big scandals surrounding Sigourney Weaver, but this story about a convicted murderer obsessed with this idea of Sigourney Weaver as a literal goddess was too fascinating to leave alone. It's a story I didn't know anything about until we began to research it, and maybe you've never heard of it either. If you haven't listened to this episode yet, definitely go check it out, okay? Now, Sigourney Weaver on and off the screen is a total badass and smoke show. Uh, As I got into a little bit at the top here, uh, the image of her from Aliens holding that giant gun in one hand, Little girl on the other, totally iconic, totally badass. That got me thinking, what are some of the most badass actresses, the ones kicking ass and taking names? Sigourney Weaver, without a doubt, but who else? Linda Hamilton in the Terminator franchise, Charlize Theron and Mad Max or Monster Fury, uh, Monster Fury Road, I almost said Mad Max Fury, Fury Road or Monster. Shit, maybe even Tina Turner and Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Who do you got? What actress? Maybe more specifically, what role, what character is the most badass of all time? Uh, hit me up. Let me know. What you, uh, you know, I'll give you one off the top of my head right now. Karen Hill from Goodfellas. Completely badass. Completely badass. Does not take Henry Hill's shit. And she's in love with him, too. But she fucking hates him. <laughs> 
She's about to kill him. Amazing. Uh, but we can do better than that. It's hard to think of, a, of someone more badass than Sigourney Weaver, but I know you guys are going to do so. 617-906-6638. Leave me a voicemail to let me know. Send me a text. To that point, let's check out some voicemails from last week from you guys. Uh, last, we'll do that right here. Last week, in reference to the Johnny Depp episode, we asked about some crazy method acting stories, and we received this voicemail from Matt in the 815. Hey, Jake, it's your boy, Matt, calling from the 815. This is in regards to the bonus episode for Badlands, um, talking about the craziest things actors have done uh, method acting-wise. I got to go with Jared Leto. Uh, I know he lost an incredible amount of weight for Requiem for a Dream and Dallas Buyers Club, Um, but he also went the other direction for a movie about uh, Mark David Chapman, the guy who killed John Lennon. Gained like 60 people. Uh, chapter 27, that was the movie. So and I also got to give it up for Matthew McConaughey um, losing all that weight for Dallas Buyers Club. I just, to, to do that to your body for a movie role, that is dedication, man. All right, thanks for everything you do. Keep up the great work. Bye-bye. Matt, I feel like Jared Leto doesn't get enough credit as an actor. He's uh, he's incredible in most things that I've seen, seen him in. In fact, I'm trying to remember... I'm trying to remember something that I've seen him in that I didn't like him in, that, and I can't. Uh, I'm distracted right now because I'm talking to you, but I can't off the top of my head. I saw that Chapman movie you're talking about uh, when I was researching our John Lennon episode of Disgraceland, and yes, Jared Leto is amazing in it and unrecognizable as Mark David Chapman, uh, Lennon's killer. I also loved uh, Jared Leto in the WeWork thing. I don't know if you saw that series, uh, even though I didn't love the series. It was okay. But uh, he was great. And, of course, McConaughey, man. Yeah, McConaughey for president. You got it. All right. So uh, we got Sandy on the line here chiming in on crime movie couples. And this was in uh, reference to, I believe, this question sprung up when I was talking about Steve McQueen in The Getaway. So, Sandy, uh, what do you got? Hey, Jake. It's Sandy from Pittsburgh, Kansas, here in the 620. I was calling in with my crime movie couples. Um, the first one is Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis in Natural Born Killers. The second one is California with a K with Brad Pitt and Juliette Lewis with also David Duchovny. And uh, my last one is a little obscure, Emilio Estevez and Demi Moore. Um, it's called Wisdom from the 80s. Um, they rob banks and then give the money to farmers that were struggling Anyway, they were uh, they ended up getting caught, but uh, it was a good story. I was, it was a good movie. I liked it. So anyway, um, that's it. Keep up all the great stuff. And I'm still wondering if you ever got to watch the end of HBO's The Idol. Um, I sent in a couple of texts and haven't heard. So anyway, um, talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Sandy, I love Woody Harrelson, McConaughey's brother, vice president, I should say. Uh, but. Uh, I don't love Natural Born Killers. Um, strangely, I haven't seen California with a K, and I am a big Brad Pitt fan. Um, also, never saw the Emilio Estevez Demi Moore movie that you mentioned. That sounds interesting as well. Yes, I did see the end of The Idol, but I can't say I watched the series all the way through. I kind of checked in on it as it was on. Uh, I saw most of it, I believe, kind of in, you know, not always in order. I didn't hate the series, as you guys know, as much as the rest of the world did, uh, as much as my wife did. <laughs> On the other hand, I get why people hated it. I'm not saying the series wasn't without its problems, but at the end of the day, uh, there's much shittier television being critically acclaimed 
than the idol. So uh, it was worth a passive watch for me. I won't spoil the ending, but I dug it. Uh, Sandy, back to the Hollywood crime spree couples, though. Have you seen Badlands? Terrence Malick's debut with Martin Sheen, uh, your guy Emilio's dad, and Sissy Spacek, one of the great crime spree movies of all time, based on Charles Starkweather and Carol Fugate. Uh, so check that out. You've probably seen it. Um, anyways, all right. Got a call here from the cold, cold land of Alaska on hot, hot summer movies. Jake, Jake from the 907, Alaska. So overlooked movie that... Uh should be considered as one of the greatest is Flight of the Phoenix with Jimmy Stewart. Uh, don't know what year, but it's a great, great, especially summer hot movie. Uh, a couple others is Brick with Joseph Gordon Leddit. Overlooked movie. It's a modern film noir and in Bruges with, uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Love the podcast. Jay, I've never seen any of these movies, but I will, and I will report back. Thank you for the voicemail. Thanks for listening all the way up there in Alaska, one of the four states in these here United States that I have yet to visit, but I look forward to visiting someday. Um, all right, let's do one more voicemail here from the 714. Yo, Jake, glad to have you back from vacay, man. Hope you are well-rested. Uh, crazy performances or feats that actors did for movie. You've got to check out uh, my man Christian Bale in a movie called The Machinist. He literally dropped a third of his body weight, man. Dropped like 63 pounds to play the role. Uh, ate literally an apple and cigarettes were uh, the only calories he had a day. Might have had a cup of coffee, but that was it. Um, filming the entire film. Had to film it in reverse. Uh, the last scenes first and, and vice versa. Uh, as he was bulking up from that to eventually play uh, Batman Dark Knight. Uh, the weight loss ended up causing him some cardiac issues uh, that manifested during filming of Dark Knight, but uh, as we know, the film was epic, went on to win him tons of money. But The Machinist is in crazy role if you want to watch him play a uh, insomniac uh, who ends up losing a third of his body weight and just so gone frail, uh, Christian Bale. All right, and as you say, that's a wrap. All right, 714. Uh, no voicemail from any listener has ever got me more pumped to see a movie than your description of Christian Bale's prep for The Machinist. I've heard of this before. Like I've heard this, uh, his, his method, uh, the stuff that he did to prepare for this. I've heard about this reference before. I've never paid much attention to it. I haven't seen the movie. Of course, I've seen Dark Knight. Uh, which you referenced, but I didn't know that it came on the heels of the machinists and this insanity, which is ironic given how at the same moment Heath, Heath Ledger was uh, purposefully driving himself crazy on the set of The Dark Knight to give his performance of the Joker uh, alongside Christian Bale. So awesome, uh, awesome voicemail, dude. I'm excited to check this out. Thanks for the recommendation. Guys, 617-906-6638. Call me with your voicemail. Send me your texts. Stupid question of the week is this. Drum roll. All right, here it is. Who's the biggest badass female actor in our long, illustrious cinema history of badass female actors? Uh, this question is prompted by our badass Badlands subject this week, Sigourney Weaver, 617-906-6638. Who you got? Sigourney Weaver, Charlize Theron, Tina Turner, Pam Greer, Catherine Hepburn, so many to choose from. Get at me. I'm back in a flash with your DMs and texts.
All right, we are back. First of all, I got to make note of this. There's a Swedish power pop band called the Sigourney Weavers. Great name. You guys heard of these guys? Are they any good? Uh, let me know. They got a new album coming out, or so I'm told, next month. Let me know what you know about the Sigourney Weavers. Amazing name. But back to the real Sigourney Weaver. There's a great documentary from 2016 directed by Ron Howard called Eight Days a Week, The Touring Years, all about the Beatles back when they were still a touring band. And if you've seen this, you may have noticed a familiar face in the crowd shot during a 1964 show at the Hollywood Bowl. And that is because it is a young 14-year-old Sigourney Weaver losing her shit along with other female fans who were in the audience to the Beatles. Uh, the story doesn't end there, though. Sigourney Weaver said that after the show, she and her friend were still on a high, still stunned at what they'd experienced. So they're walking down the street in a haze on their way home. Remember, this is back in 1964. So presumably, that's a time when you could still walk down the street in Los Angeles. But anyways, I digress. As they're walking, a limo rounds the corner and slows down as it passes them. Sigourney looks inside the limo, and there's John, Paul, and Ringo, and presumably George was in there somewhere, too. And Sigourney said that after that quote, she had to uh, go home and lie down for 48 hours and look at the ceiling uh, to get over this in her mind, unquote. All right, so that's the music connection of this Badlands episode on Sigourney Weaver. The number one movie from this episode is Bring It On, the teen comedy from 2000 about high school cheerleading teens, which I have never seen. Uh, has Sigourney Weaver been in a cheerleading movie? No, not from what I can tell. Not really her lane. Uh, we've covered already Alien and Ghostbusters, but here are some other notable films that Sigourney Weaver has appeared in. Annie Hall, I didn't know this, 1977. She's got a small role, apparently. That's what they're telling me. The Year Living Dangerously, 1982. Deal of the Century, 1983, co-starring Chevy Chase, written by William Friedkin, by the way, who just passed away. Uh, Gorillas in the Midst. Missed, excuse me, I got Ice Cube stuck in my head, and Working Girl, both from 1988, Ghostbusters 2, of course, Alien 3, of course, Death and the Maiden, uh, directed by recent Badlands subject Roman Polanski, uh, The Ice Storm, great movie, The Ice Storm, go watch The Ice Storm if you haven't seen it, Galaxy Quest, uh, and of course, Avatar and uh, Avatar The Way of Water from last year, so that is the scoop on Ms. Sigourney Weaver. Now let's get the scoop from you and get into some of your DMs and texts. Okay, on Facebook, Anthony Washick writes in, Hey Jake, it's Anthony from the 724. You asked this week on the rap party about the best 70s films, and objectively, I'm going to be wrong, <laughs> but I want to give you five films I love that might not get mentioned. Fantastic Planet, The Taking of Talon 123, Young Frankenstein, The Wicker Man, and The Muppet Movie, Honorable Mentions, and a more realist Blazing Saddle Slapshot, Alien Life of Brian and American Graffiti. Anthony, these are all great. Uh, taking of talent one, two, three. I've seen that's amazing. Young Frankenstein was just on the other day. I was showing that to my kids. It's awesome. I don't know that I've seen the wicker man. Is that the whites of their eyes thing? Um, super scary. Maybe I have, of course, the Muppet movie of this list though. Slapshot is my favorite, probably my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. I was going to, I wasn't going to say my favorite movie of all time, but maybe my favorite Paul Newman movie. I think it's gotta be it's so good. All right, let's check in also on Facebook with Curtis G, who says, On Badlands, mashed potato sculpted cheese. Bro, I'm dying. <laughs> Thanks, Curtis. I don't know what that was from. Maybe the Johnny Depp episode. Um, yeah, I'm dying that you're dying. 
Black Butterfly on Twitter writes uh, in response to what are the last three movies you've seen? The Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> That's what uh, One Black Butterfly is responding to. And I think they're being a pain in the ass to me here because I recently threw some shade the way of The Lord of the Rings. Not my bag. Uh, let's see here. Vet Halen on Twitter is uh, writing that they saw Oppenheimer. Great movie. Cobweb. Dangerous game. Weird movie tries really hard but doesn't quite hit the target that's uh their line not mine uh dana gorecki chimes in cobweb was good for the first two acts and then went all the way off the rails wasn't the worst thing i've ever seen though um what the fuck is cobweb is this new sounds new new horror movie all right i'm into that i want to see that Dana Gorecki also writes in The Blackening, 2023, Frankenhooker, 1990, Event Horizon, 1997. Yesterday was the 26th anniversary of the Event Horizon release, so had to. I haven't seen any of those. Um, Dana's big into horror, as it looks to be the case on Twitter, so I'm guessing those are all horror movies. Um, all right, got a good little movie talk going on over on Twitter slash X, X slash Twitter, whatever the hell you want to call it. Whatever the hell Elon Musk wants to call it. Um, so, yeah. What else we got here? Let's do some text. 815 chimes in. Possibly late, but best baseball movies, A League of Their Own, Field of Dreams, Rookie of the Year, and The Sandlot. Um, you know, I, I want to hate Field of Dreams because it's so sentimental, but I can't. It's great. But none of those are as good as Bull Durham. It's my favorite baseball movie, I think. Moneyball's great, too. Fantastic. What else we got? 603 writing in. Weighing in on the greatest crime spree couples. Got another vote here for Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis and Natural Born Killers. Love the podcast! Exclamation point from the 603. Do I have to go back and watch Natural Born Killers again? Do I? I think I do. I think I do. 208 and on the same question here hey jake and crew three of my top crime scene couples juliette lewis and brad pitt california juliette lewis and woody harrelson natural born killers and finally <laughs> and this is what makes this text worth the while ms picky and bad kermit aka constantine the world's deadliest frog muppets most wanted you all bring a smile to my day with all you do thanks for that ash you got it ash thanks for writing in appreciate it uh 909 writes in hey i want to write to say how much i love badlands you do an awesome job thank you tried to look up a list of episodes for disgraceland listen to the podcast on iHeartMedia and notice that those ones were missing i don't know what to tell you man shit's available everywhere Listen, email me, screenshot, whatever the problem is, send me an email. Uh, just send it to disgracelandpod at gmail.com, and I'll try to figure this out for you. All right? How's that for customer service? Let's see. What else we got here for DMs? Moving along. People are loving this crime spree couple question. The 716 writes in, crime spree couples, obviously Mickey and Mallory Knox, Nicole and Buffalo. Why am I blanking on who Mickey and Mallory Knox are? Help me out. Help me out. People are shaking their heads right now. I know. I know I'm pissing you off because I don't know who that is. It's going to hit me later tonight, but right now I don't know who it is. 908 writes in, Jake the Snake, how can I go about buying some Badlands swag, t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, and or hoodies? Thank you, Joe Hogan, Fort Myers, Florida. I will update the merch uh, sometime this year when I slow down. 
<laughs> 406 writes in, hey, Jake, I'm Edner. Best music movie ever. Gotta be This Is Spinal Tap. Absolutely brilliant in its depiction of clueless, self-absorbed rockers, and it's loaded with spot-on details from the world of a working band. Still holds up 40 years after. I agree. I totally, totally, totally agree. Spinal Tap is incredible and one of the best music movies ever. 617-906-6638. You guys know the drill. That's where you get in touch with me. You leave your voicemails. You leave your texts. That's where we answer the questions together. We talk about the movies we're all watching. You know how to do it. 617-906-6638. Most badass female actors in badass roles from cinema history. I got to take a break, collect my barons. Back after this with some recommendations. All right, this is the other recommendations part, the part of the other show where we recommend the movies and the television content, the recommendations part, the part where we discuss the movie and movies and television that we're recommending. This is the recommendations part here in the Badlands Rap Party bonus episode. All right, all right, we talked about this. I watched Steve McQueen in The Getaway with Ali McGraw last time we spoke. I've probably watched it again two more times since last week. I don't know what it is about Steve McQueen right now, but I can't stop watching the guy. I also watched The Magnificent Seven. This is the Western with Yul Brenner. Am I saying that right? Brenner sounds wrong. Yul Brenner, Brenner. It's Brenner, right? Regardless, Steve McQueen is not the lead. It's Yul's movie. Steve's kind of he's kind of playing Brad Pitt to George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven. That's kind of the dynamic. He's almost the lead. But he's not Danny Ocean. And great movie. I saw this years ago and I liked it. I didn't love it. I loved it this time. I loved well, I loved it because Steve McQueen is playing a different role, of course, than he is playing in The Getaway. And it's a great Western. Um, some horrible overacting in it from some other actors who were, were just too full of the James Dean shtick. Um, also watched The Great Escape, not to be confused with Steve McQueen and The Getaway. Great Escape came after Magnificent Seven and well before The Getaway. This was, I believe, Steve McQueen's first big, huge, big budget movie that he carried all on his own. And for what it is, it's a great movie. Not one of my favorites. In fact, you know, it's it's a mission movie, which is cool to watch, and I love mission movies, but it's not even near the top five mission movies out there. Not even close. A uh, lot of great actors in it. Star-studded. James Garner is awesome in it. I really dig his performance. Uh, and of course, it's an iconic role for Steve McQueen, but he's got so many iconic roles. This one's at the bottom, or I wouldn't say the bottom of the list, but it's lower down the list. Not quite the getaway, not even close to Bullet, and uh, not even close to Magnificent Seven either. Um, I'm going to watch, before we talk again, I'm also in this sort of like low, simmering, low-key Clint Eastwood phase right now as well. I watched The Mule, did I tell you guys that? Um, but also watched rewatched Dirty Harry recently. So I'm going to watch, before we talk again, Escape from Alcatraz, a movie I saw years ago, but I was just reading something about it and I'm excited to uh, watch it with fresh eyes. Caught a little of Ford vs. Ferrari the other day. Uh, also a mission movie. So it's leading me to the question, what 
are the greatest mission movies. 617-906-6638, okay? You got a bunch of guys, a bunch of gals, a bunch of guys and gals. They all got a thing they got to do. What is it? They got to do it together. I'm more interested in the group dynamic mission movies, not the singular guy on the mission movie, like Breaking Out of Alcatraz. But you know the drill. Uh, Magnificent Seven, The Great Escape. Uh, Oceans. I mentioned the Oceans movies. Star Wars. There's so many of them. What are the greatest mission movies? Let me know. 617-906-6638. Also started watching Telemarketers last night on HBO. Um, I thought it was, this is a, uh, it's like a expose on a, a telemarketing company from New Jersey in the 90s. It's done by the Safi brothers who I love and um, also Danny McBride's company, Rough House. So really good pedigree behind this. Um, it did not disappoint there's some crazy ass characters, real life characters in this, this documentary. I'm excited to watch episode two tonight. That's Telemarketers on HBO. If any of you guys are watching it, I'm curious to know what you guys think. So let me know 617-906-6638 or at Disgraceland Pod. Let me know what you guys are watching. If you're not watching Telemarketers, you're watching something else. If you're not watching Steve McQueen or Clint Eastwood, you're watching something else. You guys can tell I'm in this classic movie vibe right now. 70s, 60s. I'm just, I'm watching more movies now than I think I have ever in my life. Uh, I'm just like, I cannot be satiated. Hit me up. Let me know what you're watching. Uh, let me know what you're into. At Disgraceland Pod 617-906-6638. I'll be back in a quick flash with the recap. All right, let's recap, shall we? Number one, the obvious. The Sigourney Weaver episode of Badlands is available in your feed right now, so go check that out. Number two, next week in Badlands, a brand new episode on Joan Crawford. Number three, over in the Disgraceland feed, we've got a re-release of the Notorious B.I.G. Part 1 episode from Season 7 available for you now. Number four, call me, 617-906-6638. Let's keep this Badlands movie conversation going. Number five, I got a split. I got other podcasts to record, and I got to return some videotapes. So, right now, a second dose of bliss this week for yours truly in honor of this week's Badlands episode, me reading the script from Ghostbusters. Interior, Paranormal Studies Lab, same time, day. Dr. Peter Venkman is administering an ESP test to two student volunteers, a boy and a girl, who sit across the table from him separated from each other by a screen. Venkman is an associate professor, but his rumpled suit and the manic glean in his eye indicate an underlying instability in his nature. However, while a little short on academic credentials, Vekman is long on confidence, charm, and salesmanship. He turns to the male volunteer, an obnoxious sophomore, and pulls out a card from the standard deck of ESP symptoms. The card is visible to the camera over Vekman's shoulder, but hidden from the sophomore by a masonite coin that rests between them on the table. The card shows a star Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it!